San Francisco-based celebrity wardrobe stylist Mary Kenny comes into the studio to share her keen and meticulous eye. Right now, I am addicted to kind of minimalization and the art of detachment. So I'm going through and trying to just clear my house. And I'm sure you, there must be a strategy with some of your clients as, you know, working with all these um, celebrities and redoing their wardrobe and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people who need all this great help, you must have to get to go out and just clear through their wardrobes. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Do you just I mean, to... 99% of the work we do initially, especially, is yeah. cleaning out the wardrobe, editing, purging. I mean, where people are near tears. And I feel badly at first, but oh, it's right. like, it's so cathartic, really, when mm-hmm. you think about it. I'm sure you go through this with your clients, but it's how we process kind of who that person is, too, which mm-hmm. is so important to see what they have been buying, what they've been wearing, what designers they gravitate towards. And then kind of understanding their psyche a little bit and then mm, yeah. teaching them to say goodbye to that side and sort of step into this new phase in their life. And then really, I mean, it takes a couple of days usually, but once they kind of process it, it's like the greatest moment of their life. And then they're really charged and ready and the energy, you can just see it shift. It's really amazing. Yeah, um, there must be a process where you have to learn about them. And like, how how much can you say, no, you, seriously, Sarah, you have to get rid of this. It's over, Sarah. Yeah, how, how hard I mean, do you have to press? It, there's a lot of people who really have it stuck in their head that this is the best silhouette for me. This is the best color. Oh, I can't wear yellow. Yellow's awful. I can't tell you how many times this happens. And it's really my job to be as diplomatic as possible, but mm-hmm. to also push them. Because what's the point of a stylist if I'm not going to take them a little bit out of their box right um mm. but yeah we we've we've dealt with all sorts of interesting responses to the purge as we call it but but then once the purge happens you know then we start to shop and we start to supplement with really cool pieces designers they may never have like even thought of before or heard mm. of and then they start to wear these new pieces and it's like a whole new world you know, and, and then the fear and that trust really builds and, you know, it makes our job a lot easier. And like, how mm-hmm. long is that process where you're kind of redoing this wardrobe? Is it two months or is it two years? Oh God, it could be. Very... I mean, we have clients that have like multiple homes, multiple oh, closets. Gosh. So like yeah. we, I mean, I think the longest edit, closet edit we've ever had was probably two months and it was just every day. Oh boy. Yeah. So it was pretty intense. And what we did was we started an archive for this client. So, cause I mean, she had an insane pieces that yes. you can't just get rid of. I'm sure you see this all the time in, in interior design too. You know, I always recommend to my clients, don't get rid of the designer, like the couture, the runway pieces, keep those, hold on to them, archive them because you never know when they'll resurface and be cool again. Yeah. Um, and then just creating what we like to call, um, like an event closet. So a closet that you, you immediately go to for special events or what we call stock looks. But yeah, I mean, it could take anywhere. I mean, it could take us a couple of days to several months. It just depends. And then once we start on one home, it's like, then you move on to the next yeah. home and the vacation home and you just work from there. 
So tell me how you got started in this. Maybe we could start over from even the beginning. So oh you're God. from Sacramento. <laughs> yes. Born and raised. Bay Area and back down. Yes, I was born, born and raised in Sacramento. Um, I went to Berkeley for undergrad. I was a poli-sci major and literally my whole life assumed I would go into politics. My grandfather was a legislator. Really? Yeah, I, I was very politically charged. Is there a neighborhood in Sacramento that people who are in politics kind of live? You is know, a... I grew up in East Sacramento, um, but you, people are all over the map. Okay. Sacramento is very um, large in general. There's a lot of different mm. neighborhoods, but... Um, you know, I currently live, I still reside in Sacramento and commute, which is bananas, but it is what it is. Um, I like that word, bananas. <laughs> bananas, me, me and Gwen Stefani. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, it was a rather random thing, but I, I started out, you know, as a lobbyist and I worked in D.C. I um, worked obviously in Sacramento and met my husband had a couple kids and was like, what the hell am I doing? I want to totally shift gears. I want to, you know, nurture this other side of my brain, the creative side. And uh, it really was sort of a pipe dream to get into fashion. They say, right, like when you're sitting on your couch, like the thing you think about most is what you should be doing. And that was me. I was like, instead of reading the Wall Street Journal, I was like flipping through Vogue. It's like, what the hell am I doing? I'm a lobbyist, you know, I need to find my passion. And anyway... Long story short, I started a blog with my brother, and then um, we started doing nonprofit runway shows. Um, I think I got a couple of like political clients to start, um, and it was just private styling. And then it just really steamrolled because I think when you love what you do, and I think I'm, I, I must, I, I don't know, I think I'm good at what I do. But you know, you initially, if you if you really sort of um, foster that skill and go for it and you love what you do, it just organically sort of develops. And so. people see the passion. Yeah. It's pretty easy. And that's yeah. infectious. Right. I mean, you're probably the same way, I'm guessing. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think so. Um, so um, we were talking and you said there's some skills you develop from being a lobbyist. I mean, that's yeah. a, it's a big jump. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. Like, how did you deploy some skills? Actually, start with... No. Tell me what a day in the life of a lobbyist is, and then that could maybe help us understand what a day in the life oh, God. of now the super stylist <laughs> is. What is it? Well, it's not, I'll be honest with you, it's not very different in, in way of communication with people, right? So as a lobbyist, I did contract work. So I did everything from transportation issues to education issues. Um, I worked for some pretty big firms. And you start your day, you know, you're doing your basic research, reading up on bills and where they are in the, you know, assembly or the Senate. And then, um, you know, the bill gets called in committee and you have to testify and like, you know, make your arguments and whatnot. It's pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy. Is it ever um, like House of Cards? Or yeah, Re- like, oh, of course. Like Remy? Like, he's yeah, I mean, tough. Sacramento isn't D.C., but <laughs> it's definitely California politics is is. I mean, hugely um, impactful, yes. I mean, obviously. And, and we tend to do everything first, right? So it is a really exciting place to be involved in politics. But, um, y- you know, I, I think the parallels of <laughs> lobbying and styling, which I never thought I'd say that sentence ever in my life, but I think that the parallels are really being able to communicate and discuss subject matter that maybe people are uncomfortable with. Like we talked about the edit. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to discuss hard discussion or like, yeah. Hey, that silhouette looks really unflattering on you. And I'm going to tell you why. And they're like, what? I've been wearing this for, you know, 30 years. And 
So being able to say things in a very diplomatic, mm-hmm. like kind way, yeah. and but still firm enough where people listen and you know you can persuade. And I, I mean, I always say it, part of my job is lobbying. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying to convince somebody you really need this piece. This piece is going to be amazing, and I'm going to style it, and you're going to feel it when you wear it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of that, and also professional boundaries, understanding coming from the political world, knowing like not everybody wants to look like Rihanna, you know, and like there are things that people can and can't wear. And being in that world, I saw firsthand like different aesthetics. So So one of the processes we go through for our design clients is this concept phase. Mm -hmm. And, And so I'm convinced that people need to get something out of their living room, dining, you know, their, their public mm-hmm. rooms in their house. Like they need to feel something, mm-hmm. whether they're entertaining or they're like recharging <laughs> from a, a, a crazy world. Right. But different people's recharging might mean it needs to feel elegant. Mm. Other people might need, you know, yeah. Holly Hunt furniture that's really clean and simple. <laughs> right. And, you know, just deadly tone on tone and peaceful and no color in the artwork or perhaps a touch of color. You right. know, like there's... Or, or, or they, you know, they, they just need these different yeah. things to equate what, what they need out of it. If you're, you know, working with a, um, and some people don't know. Yeah, that's So true. this is discovery that I'm trying to take them on this little mm-hmm. mini quick journey because we want to spend all day or not, I mean, we want to spend months on it. But like, do you ever run into people who are sort of stuck? They don't quite know what oh, they yeah. want to be like. Rihanna, or they want to be <laughs> more like Princess Diana. Rihanna, I, I want to meet somebody who wants to be Rihanna. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, but, oh my God, every day. I mean, that's like, most of my clients come to me because they're at that point, right? right? They're like, listen, I love fashion. I love to dress. I love getting compliments. I have an amazing wardrobe, but I don't know how to put it together, or I don't know how to take myself to that next step, that next level like elevate my style. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I always say, you know, my goal is to make you the best version of yourself. Like that's what I intend to do always. And so knowing your client, like you said, like, okay, they, they're really into monochromatic looks. Okay, great. But like being able to maybe, you know, put a little pop of color in there somewhere um, on, on an off day and just see how, how they feel and kind of let them organically come into that which they think is on their own, but really you've had a little, you know, your hands in it a bit. Mm-hmm. And so. I, I kind of like the the process part, the details part of it when I'm yeah. talking to people oh, God, for our yeah. listeners and, and that kind of imagine that <clears throat> this could be played out by, you know, flipping through style magazines or oh, yeah. you even mentioned you have a do lookbooks. Like what does it oh, look yeah. like, you know, visuals and our jobs are like... So crucial. Are, yeah worth billions of words completely so what tools do you use <clears throat> oh gosh like well, go through and sit with them or i mean just... it's really so the client being there is crucial obviously in the beginning phases because i need to like really f- see their face and their emotions through the process but mm-hmm. then i really do actually make them leave after a certain point so i can get to work and what i do is once we do let's say an in-home shop i'll then kind of take some time with the clothes. We have a moment and I, <laughs> I talk to them. No, I'm just you kidding. Sage um, them. Yeah. I sage the room. No, <laughs> I should though. That's I've not a, a bad blend. idea. My wife, Trey has a beautiful blend. Uh, exactly. There's some essential oils. Uh, you can use. I should totally use that, but no, I'll, I'll go through and I'll just like, I lay the looks flat on the ground. And, mm. and it's like almost like a puzzle piece for me. It's like putting all these different sort of 
stories together, if you will, with yes. different accessories. I mean, in my world, accessories are so crucial. Yeah. It's like handbag shoes, like for menswear, you know, socks and pocket squares and what have you. So just really getting in there and like being alone and being able to like really do my art because it's an art and then photographing it we detail everything and then sometimes a client comes in at the end and we have everything racked and organized and it's like okay let's do a fitting let's put it on let's take a photo of you in it how do you feel and at first when they see the outfit a lot of the time they're like oh my god I can never wear that and you're like okay you look stunning try it on they put it on and they're like oh my god I never would have done this I never would have put this on but I love this and you're yeah. like well yeah hello that's <laughs> that's what I do <laughs> yeah and it, but that is the most rewarding part of our job right yeah, is yeah. knowing that like that creative side that part of your brain that you're you know and everybody has their hesitations and insecurities about what they do you're like well maybe it'll work maybe it won't but when it works it's so good so good do you ever have people like weep and they're like, just, I cannot oh, I, believe I, it. I have had people get really teary-eyed and like mm. emotional. The best compliment I ever received from a client was, you know, she said, oh my God, I feel like I'm 20 again and how I, how I felt when I was living in Paris, like oh, the most sweet. amazing moments of my life. Like I feel that again. And I, it was like the sweetest compliment and it was so genuine. Um, you know, a lot of my clients are super private, so I can't really talk about them as much. So I rely so heavily on feedback from them, like mm-hmm. knowing, okay, because I can't obviously tell the world, hey, I dress them. Like, um, so having a text message that says, oh my God, yeah. I feel amazing. That means everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe this is appropriate or inappropriate question, but I think listeners might like it. Like, what's a typical budget to, you know, sort out? I'm not the you know like what will people then spend on their their new acquisitions of a wardrobe is it like two hundred thousand or is it two million i mean what what do you kind of see oh jeez. well is that a, no it's i mean it's we like we could edit that out if yeah. you need to <laughs> two million no um well it's like interior design i'm sure you have clients that are really willing and open and the budget is there and they're like listen i trust you immensely go for it and then you have your clients that are like you know, have the expendable income, but they're like, well, you know, I only want to spend this. And the number is just like crazily not even possible. Right. But you're like, okay, okay. A lot of what I do is finessing the situation. I mean, of course I never take advantage of anybody's income or what they have set aside budget wise for a new wardrobe, but I'm also not going to bargain hunt for you. And I'm not going to sale shop for you because I just don't do that anymore. It's not, it, it, it takes away from the process for me and I am of the old school mentality of quality over quantity. So Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. You might be able to find that jacket for, you know, $500 less, but it's not going to be good. Like it's going to be a terrible, terrible, you know, jacket and you're going to hate it and you're going to wish you bought the other one. Yeah. And you're going to wear it once. Yeah, exactly. My my mother-in-law has this, I have like mother-in-law quotes. I, I, uh, use all the time Uh and it's, um, Buy cheap, buy twice. Cheap, buy twice. Oh, buy, buy cheap, yeah. buy twice. Yeah. yeah. And like, because it just doesn't last. And so you have to buy it again. Well, and that's, and that's fine if it's like basic stuff, right? If it's like, if it's like, you know, a t shirt or like something, you know, like Zara actually has great cotton white t shirts. I tell my female mm-hmm. clients all the time if you need to buy a t shirt, just go to Zara. Mm-hmm. But like, for, 
things that you want to have forever, I mean, invest people like uh -huh. invest, yeah. like it is like art. It's like a couch. It's like whatever you could have this piece forever and wear mm -hmm. it forever. If it's a beautiful classic silhouette, like you'll own it forever. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so what do you think there must be some sort of natural instinct that drives people to present themselves so beautifully? Mm. Have you ever thought about that? Like, why do people really enjoy, myself included? I mean, I like to look nice. I mean, yeah. not as nice as you, but no, you look I mean, great. I would, I would like to. You both look don't. great. I just don't. <laughs> Call me anytime, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think drives um, you know people to really fall in love with fashion? You know. I really do think it's something that's like innate in your soul and your being. It's like, it's, it's a creative thing. It really isn't anything else. I don't, I think it could, it applies to a lot of different areas too. I mean, you have a knack for fashion. I can tell just by how you're dressed and probably also because of your design, you know, the, <laughs> because of the design elements in your world too. I mean, it's all the same. Like I actually love decorating and designing pieces in my home too and like playing yeah. with color and wallpaper yeah. and everything because it's really similar you like pattern you like texture. i love it yeah and i'm i'm always open to like different ideas and different you know colorways and whatnot but and it, so you know i think i think it's it all kind of blends together when you're in this world and mm -hmm. it's just that some things are stronger than others so for me fashion just i just I love it so much. Like I love every element of it. I love the design aspect of it. I love the styling aspect of it. I love the texture and the colors and the runway shows and the, you know, everything about it. It's so cool. Editorial, you know, um, and I'm drawn to it. Do you ever get into the construction or like the fabrication, the, the sewing houses or kind of try to understand how maybe that leather is actually stitched or? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Think, like it's really, that? it's really crucial to me. Like I, I, I actually, that's like the biggest selling point for me for mm. anything that I buy personally. Cause mm. I love like what You're, I'm wearing. I'm wearing an beautiful. apron today <laughs> because I thought we were cooking. No, I'm just kidding. I, it's a Margiela it's apron. Beautiful. You can't see it. This should it's be like beautiful. on YouTube right now, but, um, it's beautiful cause it's pleated and it's really unique and kind of weird, which I always gravitate to the kind of weird. Mm. Um, and it's just an interesting piece and yeah. I, you can style it in different ways. I'm digging it. Yeah. Which is why I like stuff like this, but you know, I, of course my clients are all different. Not all my yeah. clients would wear something like this. I wish they would, but they'd probably laugh me out of the room, but it depends. Right. And I think that I've, I mean, I've tried different things on editor editorials. I've made like random tool, like neck pieces and like, mm. you know, we've obviously have to know how to do a quick stitch and things like that for, that sort of project, mm -hmm. but I'm not classically trained. I right. wish I was, I don't have the proper resume for that sort of thing. And that's where, you know, I got into this in my early thirties and, um, you know, I'm really lucky I figured out what I wanted to do, but mm -hmm. of course there's that part of me that wishes I would have like gone to design school and done this earlier on in my life. Mm -hmm. But then I realized like I wouldn't, it's all part of the process. Right. And getting here, where I started is really developed who I am now, right? And having the experiences that I've had has, has really helped me, I think, build my business, but also the clientele that I have. Yeah. And you can so, serve people yeah. better um, or more uniquely and, and authentically with your path. We kind of exactly. have a maybe similar 
uh, path that you know, I studied creative advertising. Oh, interesting. Um, in Missouri State, uh-huh. which isn't like you, you're in Sacramento, but um, <laughs> ended up falling into this work because my wife uh, studied interior design and we just like, started a studio. So amazing. And, and like the work took me. Mm-hmm. I love it and it seems to love me. Yeah. And I fell into the right boots. You know, but it, right. and I sometimes also think like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I had done like Berkeley yeah. Extension and like, you know, learned all these things. But then I think I got work to do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have like, could get down well, to I it. Well, I also think with what we do, it's so like baptism by fire. Like you can mm-hmm. teach or go to a school and try to learn specific skill sets, but like it's really about being in it and like mm-hmm. getting your hands dirty. Like all of my assistants that work for, for me, I always tell them, it's like, I can try and train you. But like you're really not going to learn until you're in it like yeah. and you're with these clients and you see the process and you know it's it's baptism by fire mm. and if you have it like you have yeah. it or right you have i the mean quoi or you je don't. Ne quoi. <laughs> exactly uh, so, so so some people i guess mm-hmm. by definition are like they love fashion yeah. they care for the presentation this also includes you know home life some people are house proud others are not right um um, somebody made the remark a couple of days ago that what they were designing in new york (laughs) (laughs) they designed on the east coast and like everybody in the east coast always has a decorator you know like everybody has interior designer where yes here in in, um, the west coast perhaps people either maybe don't care or as much or you know do it themselves or they have an interior designer you know, there's like right, more, right. more offerings or more ways to do it. And so given that, you know, some people probably really care about their present, personal presentation and others don't right. as much, right. what varying degrees, what, what kind of socially or in business, what do you think the benefits of, like, of caring? Like socially. Oh my God. I mean, it's so important. I mean, I really, and I think it's changing by the way in San Francisco. I think that people are becoming more accustomed to hiring people like you and I, because they realize we do this day in, day out. We love eat, breathe, sleep this work. Mm -hmm. And so it's crucial to have somebody like us in their life. Um, and you don't have to be a Hollywood celebrity to have some, somebody like us in your life. Um, it's like anything. Would you color your own hair? I mean, some people clearly do, but I wouldn't recommend it. You know, <laughs> like, so, but, but I think, I think it's so important. Image is everything. It really is. And it doesn't have to be superficial. You know, it can be real. It can be genuine. Mm-hmm. How you dress should translate from the inside out. Right. So mm-hmm. part of my job is understanding who you are and who you want to be or who you hope people see and making sure that your clothes resonate that. So I think it's like super Paramount. important, yeah, super of, important. Yeah. And, and so what I was writing mm-hmm. this down too, um, what do you think the jeans and t-shirt nation, what are they evaluating and discounting that pop that may, they might enjoy? Like, what are they not... What well, don't they quite? I mean, it's, that's a tricky, the way you phrase that, because jeans and t-shirts can be amazingly high fashion totally. and cool. Totally. Um, and the tech world, obviously, gra- yeah. and a lot of, there are a lot of my clients gravitate to that sort of world. But I think it's because mentally it's 
there's a certain standard and a certain level of douchebaggery, frankly, that if you dress a certain way, you're going to be frowned oh. upon, you know? Oh, right. In the, douchebaggery meaning like if yeah. you're too uptight or too Oh, yeah. If you tuck your shirt in, God forbid, you know, yeah, or wear yeah. a pocket square. But I think that that's changing. But of course, the tech world is is leading the charge in everything that we do, including fashion. I, I mean, the world right. is getting more casual mm-hmm. in general. Oh, oh, right. And I... It's weird to see as a stylist. Do you see these people who are like real estate agents, for instance, who normally are wearing like suits, ties, mm-hmm. like dress shoes, and they're wearing sneakers, you know, with their mm-hmm. with their suit? And you're like, huh? Could be pop culture influence too. But mm-hmm. I do think in California, it's largely um, impacted by the tech world. But mm-hmm. um, but I think like you know, obviously there's a time and place for t-shirts and jeans. But I'm old school. Like I still get dressed up to go on an airplane. Like I still do. I like doing that too. Yeah. I feel like a. It's so cool. Like, I do. I know. You, you know, have like fly through a tube. For yeah. Like three hours and end up on the other side of the country. Yeah. I'm gonna dress up. I for like that. to be dressed. <laughs> I like to be dressed I'm, when I'm I land. Pretty, like, um, yeah. Surprised at technology in the way that you know, it's old technology. Whatever. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> Whatever. Flying planes. Yeah. yeah. God, it's a novel idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's so it's so important to be, and it's it's a sign of respect. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go into a meeting with somebody, you better be dressed. I'm sorry. Like, that is just, to me, like, it's disrespectful to show up in, like, torn jeans and a t-shirt if somebody is hosting you and, you know, whatever is the dinner party or you're interviewing for a job. Um, and you can wear nice black jeans and, like, a nice jacket and a button-up. You don't have to be in a suit, but, like, take mm-hmm. it up a notch, you know, and, and you'll feel better. I think a lot of people worry, and I think it depends on what industry you're in, but I think it, they think that it compromises their level of intelligence or how they're perceived by others if you care about fashion, which is so interesting. Mm, that is backwards. Yeah, because they think that I if think. they try too hard or they put too much investment in their wardrobe, that people will think they're not spending enough time working on what whatever yeah. it is they're doing. And I think yeah. Steve Jobs started that whole thing, right? Like uh, it was all about like his brain mm. and what he was doing and he wore a turtleneck every day and whatever. But like, I think that people really took that comment literally and especially in tech and have really tried to avoid dressing, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I think it's changing because you have more and more people going into the tech industry that are, you know, coming from different worlds. Yeah. So they're coming in with their own fashion and sense. He was an eccentric. I mean, completely. So yeah. he was just doing his thing. It wasn't exactly right. meant to be copied, probably. No. I wonder if I had. I was sitting here evaluating. If I could have it my way, would I say the whole world, all of San Francisco, my world here, but the whole world dresses uh, up more? I think yes. That would mm. include me. I think if I had to, I'd probably like it being even smarter yet. Mm. I think it'd mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah. Do you ever look at the old photographs of the cities in New oh, York and yeah. San Francisco and yeah. even LA and they're it's buttoned up and hats and hat. yeah. Oh yeah. It's like the Cary charming. Grant days, you're like, What happened? Yeah. yeah, no, I mean I think I think, you know, obviously think. there are ways to to do that in a in more modern, you know, twenty first century twist. But I think people are starting to put a little more effort into their look generally um mainly because of social media i think <laughs> <Is that laughs> water, water. yeah <laughs> water yeah. um 
But I think social media has a huge impact on that, right? Because you, like, you take a picture, you're, the world can see you. It's like, hello, <laughs> you better have your hair done. And, Perhaps you know. Instagram is actually helping us as a culture oh, look a little bit better with a little more artfully, yes. artful eye. Oh, completely. I mean, you know, I, yeah, Twitter, not so much, but Instagram for sure. Um, and Facebook too. I think it's important that people, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 social media, I have a love-hate relationship with, but I definitely think... Yeah. Yeah, just because I think... You hate loving it? Well, I hate loving it, but I also think... I think part of the issue from my world in fashion is, you know, you have these runway shows, you have Fashion Week, and people see the collections um, way ahead of time now. And before they're even available for purchase or Mm -hmm. um, in the store, you can purchase pre-fall, pre-spring, whatever, but you might not get it for several months. And by the time you get it, it's old news because you've seen it on social media a hundred times. That's a bummer. Yeah. So you have to just sort of do custom clothing. Yeah, and or variations of runway pieces, and mm-hmm. now a lot of designers are shifting because of social media, and they're only doing ready-to-wear on the runway. So whatever they present mm-hmm. is immediately available. Sale, yeah. yeah, so which is kind of sad because it takes away from like the old sort of process can it of fashion. T- yeah, can it just not be as opulent then. I mean, does it have to be dumbed down for um, production? I don't. I don't think it's so much that. Well. I guess in some ways, I mean, the creativity is to be stifled a bit because you can't take as much time in between seasons to create a collection, right? Mm. If it has to be ready immediately. Um, So, yeah, I mean, social media is like, you know, you you love it for a lot of reasons because it's, you meet people like, like we wouldn't have probably met necessarily, although I don't know how you found me, maybe through mutual friends. But I mean, social media is crucial. It really is. I've gotten clients through social media. Mm. I've had... You know, our Instagram is really important on many levels for marketing purposes. Most people I know will go on Google and search for random, but you're right. I mean, if you're like, if it's a specific job and it's like tailored to a specific need, then it is crucial to have somebody to call who has that sort of intel. But I'm just saying in general, I mean, even my tech clients, like a lot of my clients have found me online, which is yeah. so Well, you're, you've crazy. done a great job of getting yourself um, available. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I try out, out on those net, those networks. What have you done that's been so, um, you know, I, I think it's brand branding is so important and mm-hmm. figuring out the right way to brand yourself. And like, I am a stylist. That is all I am. That is all I ever want to be is a stylist. Um, you know, I think making sure that people understand that, like, uh, you know, I'm not interested in being a personality necessarily, although if somebody offers me, you know, $10 million to do a show, hey, I'm open. But, but I'm, <laughs> I think it's really, it's really been just about branding me as a stylist. And this is what I do, nuts and bolts. Like there's, I'm not a shopper. A lot of people like to say I'm a shopper. I do shop for clients, of course, but it's so much more than that. It's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. We do lookbooks. We help develop people's images. I mean, I can, so I can sit down with somebody for three hours and talk through like, wardrobe and who they want to be and yeah. go through emotional stuff with them. I mean, it's really, yeah, <gasps> it's intense. Yeah, right. yeah. So how many, uh, what, what's the percentage, uh, male, female clients, man, woman breakdown? Um, I'd say probably female, male, 70, 30 about, uh-huh. um, but it depends. Sometimes I have a lot of men at once that I'm working with. Um, mm-hmm. but men are not as consistent. I'd say they don't, you know, they don't need stuff once a week. I mean, mm-hmm. they, it's, I hate to say it, but it's a little easier for you guys to like kind of tra- uh, transition pieces in different mm-hmm. ways, like jackets and pants and shirts. Like how many of those can you own? I mean, certainly you can own a lot, but 
you don't need to. You know, there's mm-hmm. ways to add panache and a little, you know, je ne sais pas here and there. I don't have a pocket. You don't have a pocket. I like to call the pocket squares a pocket squirrel. <laughs> and I'm thinking about making them in a squirrel shape with plaid, different patterns. That's kind of amazing. Maybe little squirrels within the larger squirrel, but you'd never know it unless you pulled it out. Yeah. You like that? Yeah, I like that. You know what I don't like are those jackets <laughs> that have like... <laughs> The built-in pocket square that drives me crazy. I'm because like, that is one just choice. lazy. Like, oh come on, you're just gonna wear the same pocket square every time you wear that jacket, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, but you can tuck it in, and it's not even there. It's like that is just. It's like, oh my god, what is that company? Gernanimals, Gernanimals. I can never say it pr- properly. It's like connect the dots mm-hmm. wardrobing, where like, oh, everything goes together. And so, what are some of the? Okay, let's start with the guys because yeah, what are some of the pet peeves? Um, you know, men's clothing, there must be like faux pas or mistakes that you see. And then yeah. you can tell me the worst that's ever been done in your, in your, <laughs> within your perimeter, your visual well, space. Well, I, I try to not let that happen after I start working with them. But oh, I'll pre, tell you, pre, I mean, pre, pre, yeah, I mean, with you. hello, my maybe business, sorted. my business wouldn't maybe, exist if they didn't do these things. Afterwards, perfect. Before, yeah. TV. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, sloppy dressing is the worst. When you see guys wearing, like, an ill-fitting suit or, like, a jacket that's, like, way too big or too boxy or they don't tuck in the shirt, drives me crazy. It's like you're in this great jacket and, like, this great button-up, but you're, like, wearing it all out. Like, and you have you're creases a frat on boy. The, I mean, what is the... happening? Yeah. So I try to kind of get these guys to baby step into tucking their shirts in by doing what we call the messy tuck. I should copyright that. Um, it's like it's baby it's steps just, to tucking. Yes, because they feel like it's too much. It's too. Oh, it's I couldn't too, possibly. It's too preppy. It's too. Yeah. I, I look like my dad. I hear it all the time. I look like my dad. I want to look like my dad, and I'm like, mm, it, it's it's again a, a sign of respect in my opinion. But just a little tuck, just the front, just enough where you can see the belt buckle. You know, it just shows a you little leave more the back effort. Not tucked. Yeah, I mean, which is fine. Like. It's sort of a Hollywood thing. A lot of guys yeah. in Hollywood do it. Um, so, but that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. It's just looking like way too disheveled. And it's not intentional. It's like mm-hmm. obvious that they don't know. And they just think it's disheveled. like, no, no. Dishe- yeah. <laughs> disheveled hair is different. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's like, uh, I can't explain it. It's you know a messiness. I, it's a laziness that I don't like. Um, really like ridiculous flares on jeans. Not yeah. boot cut. Just bag yeah. cut. On oh, any pants, yeah. winds me up. Like on women or men? Men. Yeah, but I even, God, it, I'd love to see that on a man. That's hilarious. What? <laughs> like, you know, like bigger, like it's not tidy enough. Oh, on the yeah, legs. yeah. That's annoying. And I don't yeah, like that. the, I, the dad jean a little could, bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I could try clothes on and, and, right. and I'm like, oh, God, it's, get it off of me. This is driving me <laughs> crazy. You can't tell when it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It can get really bad. I mean, I, what I find is a lot of men know how to dress for work, but they don't know how to dress casually. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the biggest um, sort of request I get from my male clients is help me dress like on a weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to wear like jeans and a shirt. Like I, I don't know how to do that. So kind of giving them a new platform and, and you know, we do lookbooks. So like, I mean, it's, you think it's crazy at first. A lot of clients are like, I'll never use this. I'll never reference this. It's like they use it all the time. I mean, it really is like the Bible. Um, and what stores or do you have specific you know, shops you like to send people to? You know, or, I, or you I work to? with everybody. Um, yeah. You know, 
obviously we tend to do more high-end styling because it's it's more consistent i'll be honest with you i mean my job is to keep us all employed so we tend to try to work with clients that can afford to keep us on on long-term contracts but so we do work with designers, of course, high-end designers, but then I love more than anything, because it's the fashion girl me, introducing people to new cool designers no one's heard of, mm-hmm. um, you know, really kind of mixing high and low and everything yeah. in between. Um, and I think like even my billionaire clients, like they love that. They love like, oh, nobody has this, like this is so cool, or this is a designer that like, you know, is hot in Denmark right now, but like nobody in California has ever heard of this person. Like I'm in, and especially in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for those people that I work with that are really into like that sort of thing, um, they're also really into art. And like, I think it's the more unique, the better for them. So Mm -hmm. that's really fun for me is is working with sort of indie designers that nobody's heard of. I love that. Yeah. And then what about for women? Biggest fashion pet peeve, uh, fashion mistakes. Something. What are some of the ones you see? You know, I think it's hard for women because, you know, the cover of magazines they show all these beautiful Amazon five foot ten size zero women wearing these amazing you know runway pieces that we all love. They're great in theory, but then you put them on and you're like, what? This does not work for me. This is super unflattering. I think. Part of it is just knowing your your proportions and working with them. Like if you're five feet tall, you probably can't get away with a high-waisted, huge wide leg pant because it's going to dwarf you. It's going to make you look smaller than you are. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, bigger chested, you probably shouldn't wear a blouse with like 5,000 ruffles on the chest. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's just knowing your proportions and working with them. Um, I'm not that girl that's ever going to go too sexy either. Like I'm a fashion girl. So I love kind of weird things sometimes. And I like to play with like the androgynous thing and like mixing things in um, and not being super sexy. To me, it's takes away from the fashion, fashion. from the design. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fashion. Like bandage dresses. I hate them. I hate them with a passion. Yeah. No, you'll never see me (laughs) ever pull like a bandage dress for a client ever. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what a bandage dress is. It's like those super uh, tight, like, (laughs) Herve Leger, like, super tight dresses that are just, like, like mini. Yeah, yeah, just, like, super tight. And, like, it it is fine. Yeah, if you've got the body, rock it by all means. But for me, it's just not. The one tube yeah, sock thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's so not... You like that, the sock? It's not fashion-y. You know what I mean? It's not fashion. That's not fashion. That's just like, that's like, you know, God bless it. I mean, my husband wishes I wore that every day of my life. Like, that's totally his jam. But <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> he killed me for saying that, but it's true. He's like, don't you just have like a tight black dress? And I'm like, no. What? You don't like my caftan? It's amazing. Yeah. I know. My wife has a bunch of caftans with They're all amazing. her like boho friends mm-hmm. and they swan around in Mexico and we have a place up in Hillsburg. I'm like, hello, Mrs. Roper. This is like a whole flock know. of Mrs. Ropers. But you, know, but you know, women do not dress for men. We don't yeah, dress yeah, for yeah. men. I mean, some women do. Is I shouldn't true say that, that you but I don't dress for other, other women. Oh, absolutely. Or, and gay men. Because, like, Dang. I know it's true because, because they care about the fashion. They yeah. care about the fashion. They're like, what? Where did you get this? This is amazing. <laughs> Whereas straight men, I mean, most straight men, I, I don't want to generalize, but most straight men really just want to see their significant other in something sexy. 
most of the time or elegant, mm-hmm. you know, sophisticated, like those words I hear all the time from like mm-hmm. I dress a lot of couples. And so mm-hmm. the husband is usually very opinionated and it's interesting. Oh, I, you go in and do the pair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fun. I love it. I'd love to see them like transform together and grow together fashion yeah. wise. What's the rule with, okay, we were going out tonight. Must we match? We need to be in the same realm. I'm wearing stars and stripes. You're wearing like a tube top. Yeah, no. no, no God, I hope not. No. But yeah, no, I, I don't. I'm so anti-matchy-matchy anything. So, no. I mean, you can be in the same color family, I suppose. Like, whatever. But to me, it's really cheesy if you show up and you're both like, he's in a red tie and she's in red shoes. It's like, oh. I can't. I can't take it. Yeah. So, I prefer... For prom, you, good. Right. For... I mean, if you're taking like a family photo, I guess, like, and you need to kind of coordinate, I don't know, but even then I wouldn't recommend it. I, I'm not, I'm not into matchy-matchy at all. Mm. Um, if you're going to do matchy-matchy, I prefer you do like mixed prints in the same color family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not obvious. Also known as matchy McMatcherson. <laughs> yes. i that one too. Exactly. Mm, that's yeah. a good... And a lot of women do that. That's another pet peeve I have with women and fashion. It's sort of my... And I love my mom. My mom is amazing. But like, it's that generation of like, you have to match the shoes with the handbag, mm. with the belt, with the... You know, or like men who like, I can only wear a brown belt with brown shoes. Yeah, I they're can't. Gonna, they're it's gonna... like... Yeah, no. No, rules have changed. They have changed. White after Labor Day. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay, what's the... Oh, well, how about this? Um, okay, there's companies like Sitch... Fix. Stitch Fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keaton Rowe, another <laughs> personal styling tech companies. Yeah. Feeling any yeah. pressure or not because for you, because you're um, answering not, it for you. Not but. really. I think those, I mean, it, I, I commend them because I think it, it's, there's a market there for sure. Mm-hmm. And those people are not my clients. I mean, yeah. they're not, they're, they're looking for something that's, right. that's more immediate and short term. And, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I know a lot of the people that have started those companies and it's a great concept, great theory. It's fast fashion, you know, and that's not what I do. Yeah, the, this is the same thing. Right? There's all these sites that try to yeah, um, yeah. solve in a box. interior design. Yeah. And okay, well, you know, it boils down to how does it feel yeah. when you're in the room and maybe they can get the scale right, but they're not going to pep around all the textures correctly or no. the finishes right or even be up to date or thinking five years from now you know to on the paper it sounds away. great you know yeah, like yeah. you're filling out a questionnaire and hoping and praying that it's you know yeah. gonna work out but oh, yeah. not always yeah um am i talking too much no no he just <laughs> give you a thumbs up he's, he's saying like, that was great <laughs> double thumbs up he's like shut up mary what's um uh, style army Style Army. So that was my, um, the company I started right after, uh, or right before I went out kind of on my own. Um, I partnered with a, a photographer here, a local photographer, Lori Levenfeld. And we did as much editorial work and ad campaign work that exists in this city. Uh-huh. Um, I think we worked for every fashion brand that existed here. But it really, it was a difficult company to sustain because there's not a lot of that type of work here. Mm. Um, it's super fun in theory and concept, but it was mm. one of those like learning processes that we had to go through. It was a step for me to really focus on the private styling more. And, mm. and, and I already was kind of like gravitating toward that anyway. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know what you know about fashion, but editorial is like not lucrative at all. <laughs> most fashion, you know, lifestyle editorial work. So, um, 
you know, and I needed to make a decision. Like, am I growing my business or am I just going to like kind of freelance and hope for the best? And are you still writing for as a contributor to, uh, what is it? Uh, enter, uh, oh, SF Lux. Yeah. Living Red Carpet Bay Area. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was doing a lot of fashion writing about a year ago, like nonstop. And I still do it here and there, but to be honest, I've been so busy with yeah. private clients that Good it's for you. kind of taken a back step um, or back seat. Sorry. What? Back, get back there. Back step, back stepping. Yeah. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It's the end. And oh, so here's my last question yes. for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so um, what's your favorite room in your house and why? Well, okay, so I have like a couple of rooms that I love, but I would say my kitchen is kind of crucial because our house, the way it's set up, it's very open downstairs. And I have three kids, okay, and two dogs, a fish, and a husband. So my life when I'm home, it's like family time. So mm. when I walk into my kitchen this big island. It's very colorful, actually. My walls are yellow. We have a red island. Like, it's very bright and happy. Mm -hmm. So I love that room. I, I do cook. I wouldn't say I do it well, but I do. It's hot and it's on I the do table. It, exactly. I do it for survival so my children don't starve. But I, um, you know, I like that time with my kids and yeah. I, and, and, you know, they're running around. It's always chaotic, but it's like where everybody does their homework and you know, on weekends, it's where we make pancakes and drink our coffee. And it's like our, it's like my happy place, you mm -hmm. know, the other room in my house that I love is our front room. We have like a living room and it's, I just love the decor in there. I have a lot of like antiques and then I have mixed with modern pieces and a lot of family photos. So it's just, it feels good to me. It's mm -hmm. very luxe. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. I would, um, I thought maybe it was your closet. It'd be like your favorite. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, because for me, when I'm home, because I live in Sacramento yeah. um, and I commute, home to me is home. It means family. It means time with my kids. Um, and I like that I can separate. Um, my closet's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I have great pieces. I have a great closet. But like, I dress in my closet to come to San Francisco, to come to Los Angeles, to come to New York for, for clients. But when I'm home with my kids, I'm like everybody else, you know, and, and I like that. It's like separation of church and state, you know, yeah. it's like, this is my happy place. Not that my happy place isn't working. Of course it is, but I can be whoever I want to be in Sacramento. It's not, you know, I don't have to have my hair done. I'm a, I don't have to wear an apron like this. In Sacramento. <laughs> you don't get to. I don't think anybody would understand. This <laughs> They'd be like, oh, what she's is she cooking doing? Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a cute maid's costume. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's very it's a different world. But my closet is amazing, although it's getting no, no. a little bit over packed with things. No. It's time to purge again. But that's another that's another podcast, Jeff. Yeah, well, I'm, there is, is actually more data <laughs> to get through. But that's all the time we have for today, oh folks. My God, um, I love it. But um, listen, you are such a rich personality. Oh, like thank you, you. You've uh, have this vibration. Of goodness, and it's really cool oh, to sit down so and much. hang out, learn about your trade and <laughs> all the the sex stuff you're up to. And um, yeah, I'm just pleased to stop by. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me.